Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. So my name is Josh, and uh, I have the privilege of being on the leadership team here at Awaken. Um, that, that prayer that I prayed, it just it blows my mind. As I was sitting there, it was how far God has brought me, and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with His power. And so um, this week, uh, I, as I'm studying for today's uh, word, um, God's really been convicting me. We're, we're, we're still in the book of James uh, in chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, and we're going to be discussing anger. And so that's why God's really been convicting me. So I think uh, either God has a sense of humor, which we all know He does, um, or Nate was trying to tell me something by assigning me this, this text. But, uh, but, you know, we all know about anger. You know, there's, there's, in Clarksville, I think uh, the biggest thing that stands out is the, is the traffic and the driving around Clarksville. Who gets angry driving around Clarksville? <laughs> That'll preach, right? Um, so as we talk about anger today, the, the solution to the, ans- the answer to the anger problem is holding fast to God's word. It's about, it's, it's by allowing it to take effect in our lives, to take root in our hearts, the, the who we are, and standing on that truth when the time comes when we face that situation where we would like to respond in anger, like somebody cutting, off, cutting us off in traffic at Clarksville. Um, and I, I don't have very many. I, I think, uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I couldn't think of any good examples of me passing that test. And, and I think it's because... Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine, a, a family that uh, gave me a good example about what it looks like to, to get an A-plus, if you will, uh, in that situation that would cause anger. And uh, this family has a vision from God. They're going to they buy a farm, and their, their vision is, is they're going to use that Somehow, and I don't think they have it all figured out yet, but somehow to propel the gospel. This is what God has told them to do. They're very, uh, they're, they're 100% on this. They know that God has called them to do it. But in the process of uh, purchasing the land and, and getting all that going, uh, their information was stolen. Uh, the system was hacked in the, uh, the realtor or somewhere along the title company. I I'm not sure the details and Honestly, I kind of want to hold the details back. It's not the point of the story. But $100,000 was stolen from this family. $100,000. Now, to me, that's a lot of money. That might not be to you. But, um, but the amazing thing is, is as, as I'm talking through this situation, uh, this gentleman, he says, he says, I asked him, I said, what was your first thought? Like $100,000 gone. Bam, like that. And that's the vision that God has given you. Um, to use that money for his kingdom, what's your first thought? And he said, well, honestly, it was, do I believe in God's word? And I, I had to ask him to explain that. He said, yeah, yeah I, the first thought that popped in his head was, all right, do you believe this? Do you believe what my word says? Do you believe that I'm here with you, that I saw this coming, this doesn't surprise me, that I still have this vision for you, and this is part of the plan? Um, amazingly, they did end up getting the majority of the money back. It's, it's a miracle. And uh, the, the effects of that event had eternal effects because everybody involved saw 
the gospel in action. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what that means, what I'm saying with the God, they saw the gospel. Um, this family, because of their trust, because of their trust in God's word, because of their trust in, in, in God's goodness and the fact that they, he had given them this vision, he led them here. Uh, the, the real estate agent, the title agent, uh, the police officer involved. In fact, he said he'd never seen this happen before, never, blown away. And, and when asked, the, the realtor asked, why aren't you mad? Why aren't you angry at us? It's, it's kind of our responsibility that you lost the money. And, and they just pointed right back to Jesus. And, and so as they got the money back, um, they, they learned something. They learned that their price of, the price of their anger is at least more than $100,000. And so that's what I'm titling today's message, The Price of Anger. And we're in James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, just two verses. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and turn to James 1, and then it'll be on the, the screens here, or I understand the Version Bible app also, if you go to, uh, so there's something in there, Version Bible app, I don't know. <laughs> Not my forte. Let's go ahead and read God's Word. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Before we get into the message, I, I want to point out something that's not really part of the main uh, idea here, but it's very important. And I think it's been discussed a little bit before that um, James likes to use commands in, in this letter. He, there's a lot of commands, a lot of uh, He's, he's telling you, and what that means is this is not an option. This is not something that, it, that, well, if you feel like doing it. And let's be honest, I think sometimes we treat our Bible like, well, I just can't do that. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. But James is telling us, this is a must. You have to strive for this. And so right there, the, the word no and the word let, both of those are imperatives. They're orders. And I understand what an order is coming from the military, um, when, when somebody gives you an order, it's not, it's not an option. Like, there's, there's some consequences if you, if you deny those orders, if you don't do what you're told. And I believe there's consequences for us as well. I know there are. The consequence is death because sin leads to death. And so as we talk about this today, just be encouraged. Don't, don't hear me saying that this is something that... It, this is something we must do, but also this is something we're striving for. See, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of the living God living inside of us to assist us along through this process. It's called sanctification. And, and God is bringing us. He's producing fruit in us, but we rest in Him. But we don't, we don't rest in our sin. We go to war with our sin. We strategize against the sin that's in our lives. And so if we have an anger problem, we confess it. And we get down on our knees and we say, God, I can't do this without your help. Holy Spirit, I don't like this behavior, and I know you don't like this behavior. Help me, because I can't do it. And that's where I want to bring us today. I want, to, I want this to be a word of encouragement today. Don't hear me discouraging you up here, because I don't have it figured out. I'll be the first to admit it. And so through this whole process of, of, of sanctification and talking to the Holy Spirit about your anger, and there's a, there's a little uh, acronym I use. I'm going to give you two acronyms today, so just bear with me. It's the military in me. I'm sorry. 
Um, this first one might be familiar to some of you, though. It's, it's called an AAR, an after-action review. And so what I found is, is beneficial for me is as I'm going through life, um, every night uh, I, get, I get before God and I say, all right, how was my day? I, I, I look at my day and, and I, we talk, I talk to Holy Spirit. Well, I found it's actually even more beneficial if you do it after every event. That way you don't struggle all day long with that, that thing that was holding over your head. So just go somewhere. Get down on your knees and say, all right, God, how, how did I do? Where did I go wrong? Where can you, where can you help me? And what do I need to confess? And so that after-action review has been helpful for me. That's just some, some free chicken for you uh, to assist you. Um, so let's go ahead and continue on in our, our, our verse here. And, and we said, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so James gives us three statements that instruct us how to avoid the anger that leads to sin. How to avoid the anger that leads to sin. And so I have three questions uh, that, I, uh, that, that pertains to these statements that, I, uh, that help us kind of parse out the meaning here, what James is getting at when he says, slow to, uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So my first one is, what does it mean to be quick to hear? What does it mean for, for you and I as Jesus followers? James tells us this is an order. You have to do this. This is a must how can we be quick to hear? Now, there's a, there's a common uh, a catchphrase in the world today. It's called active listening, right? We've all heard of that. Uh, some of you are doing it right now. You're nodding at me. Yeah, you're, you're listening to me. I'm seeing your north and south. And that's good. That's a good thing. But as Christians, we must be better than that. We need to listen for the purpose of loving. And the most loving thing we can do, even if the person is screaming at me, is to share the gospel with them. And so we need to listen for the purpose of loving, doing the best to understand and thinking in our head, this person might have gone through some bad things in their life to lead them to this point. Or maybe it's not a bad situation. Maybe it's a good one. You're talking with a friend and and you're listening, but you're you're, you're over-talking them. We've all seen that. We've all done that. I've done that. Guilty. But you're talking over them. So we need to listen for the purpose of loving them, doing the best to understand the person and, and understanding sometimes... Sometimes I just might be wrong. And that's, that's hard for all of us to swallow. And so one suggestion I have is a simple acronym. This is the, the last acronym. is LTLR. And so as you're listening, you, ha- you have listen, trust, listen, respond. Listen, trust, listen, respond. Yes, I, I did. I'm not crazy. There's listen there twice. So we're listening to the person, and then we're trusting in God's word. We're trusting in God's word. We're trusting that God is with us. We're trusting in the word that the part of the Bible that says that God, there's nothing that surprises him. He he knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. That he is, I'm a child of his. I'm his child. I'm his son. And he's going to take care of me. And that he loves me. I'm trusting in God's word. And then the second listen is listening to the Holy Spirit. Asking, God, what do you want me to know about this person? What do you want me to say to this person? How can I make an impact for your kingdom right now in this situation? So we're listening, trusting, listen, and then respond. And I, I first heard this, uh, this idea of, of listening, the second listen of, of the Holy Spirit being involved in every conversation uh, from a gentleman you might hear, hear from next week in a parking lot next to a, a static C-130. That's a big plane that a bunch of crazy guys jump out of. 
And so we're, ta- we're sitting there talking, and he explains this to me. He's like, yeah, right now, we're having a three-way conversation. I'm talking to you, I'm listening to you, but I'm also listening to the Holy Spirit and what he has for you. And so that's the first time. I, that stuck with me ever since, and I've been, I've been practicing that ever since. So if that helps, I hope, I hope that helps. That's, that's the whole purpose of me being up here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm no better. We're all the same. I just hope we, I can teach you some things, that, some lessons I've learned, um, some, some mistakes I've made, but I hope that helps. And so lip, listening to the Holy Spirit and application also involves understanding or, or knowing the Word of God, Re- memorizing the Word of God, having it not just in here, but in here. And so you can pull it out in those tough times, in those trials, when that person cuts you off in traffic, when that money gets stolen, when that house is going to be foreclosed on, when that person dies in your life, whatever that may be, you have those scriptures to pull out and you can, you can stand on that truth. See, the world is, is, is perfected the art of being heard. We have all kinds of movements out there, right? And, I'm, and they sit down and they strategize. How do we get our message out there? How can we be heard better? There's whole jobs that are related to this in, in, in labeling yourself and in, in marketing yourself and being heard. But we've got we've to be different. We don't want to be heard. We want to listen well. We want Jesus to be heard. And so that's why we do that LTLR. We listen to Holy Spirit. What do you have for me right here? Right now, God, I know that you're with me. What do you have for this person in front of me? Brings me to my second question uh, for today, and this will be the shortest one because it's the one we should do the least. And that's, uh, what does it mean to be, to, to be slow to speak? What does it mean to be slow to speak? And I've just got two verses for you. Ephesians 4.29 if you break it down, it really, it says, nothing should come out of our mouth unless it builds up. Nothing should be spoken by us, by a Jesus follower, unless it builds the person up that's in front of me. We're not, we're not here to break each other down. We're here to build each other up. And then the second verse is Matthew twelve thirty six, And this is actually a pretty scary verse. Because this is where, where Jesus tells us that we are responsible For every word that comes out of our mouth. There will be a day when you have a final after action review. Sitting in front of your king. And he's going to hold you responsible for every syllable that you uttered. And that scares me. And that's a right fear. And that's the way we should walk through life. Knowing that what we we can speak life and we can speak death. We want to speak life. Because Jesus came to give us life. And he came to give it more abundantly. And so Matthew 12, 36 tells us that every word we speak, we're responsible for. I told you that one would be short. What are the effects of anger is the third question. What are the effects of anger? And we're going we're gonna to hang out here for just a minute. This is the bulk of today's message and, and really what God has, has shared with me, um, convicted me of this week, and I hope that it, it benefits you. And so a, a good biblical example that I immediately thought of was Moses striking the rock. And I think we know this story. You know, the, the nation of Israel had been rescued out of captivity. They're a whiny lot. They're always complaining. We, we, we need food. We need water. That's enough manna. But Moses, for the, for, for the second time, uh, he's going to produce water. It's a miracle. And God tells him, he says, go and speak to that rock. But because he's a little irritated, probably, he's a little angry, he strikes it. And there's a lot more to that story because Jesus is the rock. But 
Anyway, I, I digress. The point is, 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 is that, that effect that that had for him is he could no longer enter into the promised land. He had to sit from a hilltop and look onto it. He said, man, that looks good, but I can't go there because of my actions. And so that whole generation, except for Caleb and Joshua, uh, passed away and didn't get to get, did not get to in, experience the promised land, and so that's an, uh, an effect of anger, and I really um, anger it, it confuses, anger clouds judgment, it creates fear, and it, cre- it creates division, and it leads to a state of bitterness if that anger doesn't go unchecked. And I want to talk about this for a minute: this bitterness that comes from as a result of anger, because. These are not descriptors of the God that we are meant to emulate. These are not descriptors of our King Jesus. In fact, Jesus is a God of order, 1 Corinthians 14.33. Jesus is the judge, and his vision is crystal clear. Acts 10.42. Jesus is the head of the church, and one of the last things he prayed. Get this, one of the last things he prayed for, you know what it was? It was unity in his church. It was unity in his church, and that's found in John 17. And in his word, we are commanded that no root of bitterness be found in us. This passage in Hebrews 12, 15 continues by saying that it may be, it may def- many may be defiled by that bitterness. Many may be defiled. And what does that mean? This is huge. Because I propose that as we walk through life, as we journey through life, we leave a wake of bitterness and anger, or we leave a wake of righteousness in our path. And that's important, especially as we're doing this thing called church. Because it's not supposed to be a bitter-filled place. People are supposed to walk in here and say, wow, they love Jesus because they love each other. Jesus is here right now. I can tell this is where I want to be because they love each other. They truly love each other. See, Jesus has come to restore all things. And he prayed for that unity in our church. And the anger is the root of that bitterness that causes that that wake of bitterness. And so besides all that, our God, he does get angry. But it says he's slow to anger. So we've been talking about this anger that leads to sin. But there's another type of anger, and that's that righteous anger. And I just don't have any good examples. I've never seen any in my life for a person, a human being, to have righteous anger. Now, of course, we all, all automatically think, what do you think of? Jesus doing what? Turning over the tables, right? Turning over the tables. That's immediately what we think of. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to turn over tables. But we, how do we know the difference between if it's righteous anger or if it's an anger that leads to sin. Because it's very, it's the same. It feels the same. It's very, very catchy there. And so we don't want anything to do with that anger that leads to sin. We want to go to war with it. So we need to identify it. So how do we know? Is the anger self-serving? What's the motivation for that anger? Is it self-centered? Is, it, is the motivation fear? Does this, does this anger stem from a want to preserve yourself or maybe preserve your reputation or control the situation? That's me. That's me. Who else is that? You, you get angry and you, you, you say, this is righteous anger, but realistically, 
It's, it's a fear-based thing. You just want to control that situation because it, it's not exactly how you think it should be. Man, I'm guilty, 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 and I repent. It's okay because that's where, that's where God wants me. He wants me on my knees saying, I can't do this without you. I'm messed up, and I love you, and I want, I want to be better. I want to be a better instrument of righteousness for you. I'm striving. I thirst for righteousness. But we are told to be angry and do not sin. Two places, Psalms 4.4, Ephesians 4.26. So this unresolved anger, if not given up, it it produces bitterness. And it's kind of, it's really ironic. It's it's our, like, why do we do that? Why do we hold that anger in and then it becomes bitterness towards a person? And now I'm specifically talking about us in this room, us that do church together. This is our family, brothers and sisters. This is us. So how how do we get there? Well, we say, well, I'm not supposed to sin. I'm not supposed to lash out in anger, so I'm just going to hold this in. And I'm going to hold it in tight and not let anybody know about it. And I'm just going to hold it in in an attempt to not offend. So we don't discuss the offense in a constructive manner, so it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And now we're looking at that person. Instead of seeing them or listening to what they're saying, we're, seeing, we're looking for offense so we can justify the bitterness that we're sitting in. We're looking for more offense, continuing to the problem. You see how this problem starts and it just snowballs? And now what do we have? We have a division. We have a, we have a split. We have a crack in our church. We have a crack in our family. And that's not what Jesus prayed for. He prayed for unity for us all. And so an attempt to, to not be offended or not to offend, we become bitter towards that person. Remember, bitterness defiles many. Remember, we leave a path of bitterness and and anger. Even if we don't see it, we think, I'm good. I'm living life righteously. We're holding on to that bitterness. So we've covered three statements about, from James, of the why, why we do this, right? I mean, I'm sorry, the what, what we are to do. But now let's jump into verse 20. Let's go down to verse 20 and let's figure out the why. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? In verse 20, it says, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, who understood that the first time they read it completely? Nope. Not me. What does that mean? What, are we, what do you mean produce? What are we supposed to produce? What, how we produce righteousness? We're going to get there. There is an implied task here. We are meant to produce righteousness. As followers of Christ, remember that trail we leave? We're supposed to leave a, a wake of righteousness behind us. That word produce is actually, it can mean to work, labor, do business, to trade, to cause to exist, or to produce. I'll, I'll spare you the, the Greek word there, but it, 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 we are supposed to produce this wake of righteousness behind us. See, in our story with this family, with this family, they, by allowing God's word to take root in their heart, they were able to turn a complete disaster. Who agrees? Losing $100,000 is a complete disaster. I, I hope when faced with a trial like that, that I do that well. And I've got to be honest right now, I don't think I'd, I'd do that. And so they, this, this, this situation could have been real bad for anybody. It, it really could. And, and, but they let the Word of God take root in their lives. And they allowed God's Word to be more valuable than their life savings. Their price of anger was high. 
And so instead of turning this, this horrible situation and just propelling it into even worse, they turned it and they planted seeds of righteousness here and there and there. The real estate agent, the title company, the police officer. Think about it. They're going to go back home and have dinner with their families. You know? Think about this police officer. He sits down and he tells his wife. She's like, that's crazy. He, did, well, he wasn't even mad. He didn't, you know, he didn't yell at the agent. No. He was, he was still talking about this Jesus guy. All he could talk about was Jesus and how he trusted that this was part of his plan. And then he got the money back. Isn't that amazing? And now this, this wife goes to her work and she tells her coworkers and they, so on and so forth. You see the ripple effects? This is the wake of righteousness that we're supposed to walk through. This is why every time the enemy tries to stamp us out as Christians with persecution, it just gets more and more and more because perfect love casts out all fear. Because the gospel is that powerful. It's only in when we become comfortable and we start resting in that $100,000. That's when we start falling away and slipping away. Church, we're called for righteousness. We're called to trust in God more than $100,000. It's nothing to God. It's nothing. Now, I'm not a health and wealth preacher. I don't, I don't want to tell you, just, just pray for that money and it'll get there. But, I mean, if it's in his plan, it will. It will. They got the money back. But what if they didn't? They still would have been just the same. I believe that. They still, nothing would have moved them. If they had gotten none of that money, not a cent, they would have said, all right, that was in God's plan. Let's figure it out. Let's keep moving. So because of that, they were able to plant seeds of righteousness. The fruit that was produced from that. Now, there's other words that, let's, let's talk about some other uh, ideas that this is, this is also called the fruit, right? We're supposed to abide in Jesus, abide in me and I in you. And, that's, and we're only able to produce fruit when we abide in Jesus. How about the light of the world? We are the light of the world. This is the light we're supposed to produce for all to see, right? And so because of this dark situation, because of their trust in God's word, they were able to produce this light, produce this righteousness, produce this fruit. Who knows what we might see in two, three years, ten years from now because of that situation. People turning to God. People repenting for putting trust in their money and their finances and not trusting in God. This is not just a common theme throughout the Bible, this idea of producing righteousness. It is the theme. The gospel transforms lives. I'm proof. The gospel transforms lives, and it's meant to continue to transform lives. We're supposed to affect the world around us, tell people about the good news of Jesus, that this world is going to burn, but Jesus is coming back, Maranatha. So, this righteousness that we're talking about, it's, it's an indicator of, it's a good litmus test for yourself to look at yourself and are you producing righteousness in your life of one who has been born again. We are meant to affect the world around us with light. 1 John 2.29 says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Now I'm not saying... Hear me, I'm going to to repeat this again because I don't want to be misquoted. I'm not saying if you get angry, you're not saved. Not what I'm saying. I think this room would be empty right now. What I'm saying is that we need to work and strategize to understand what is it that's causing me this anger. Oh, it's that bitterness that I'm seeing from this person. I need to do a self-check. Am I holding on to these things? Now, let's just, I want to point out as well that God has every right every right to have burning anger against you and I. But in his mercy, he paid the price of anger. 
He paid the price of, of the sin that's caused by the anger. Jesus paid the price, and that's because he's a merciful God. He's slow to anger. Righteousness is priceless because it has eternal effects. The light, the righteousness, the fruit that we produce, that we're meant to produce as a church, as, as individuals, and as a body, is eternal effects. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light in all, to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Notice, notice what it doesn't say. And so they might glorify you. Give glory to your Father in heaven. That's, that's the point of all of this. I'm not trying. That's why I haven't told you this family's name. Because they don't want glory. They want to point glory back to Jesus. It's him that produces that change. And he's not done with them yet. And he's not done with you and I yet. He's still working on us. They would be the first to admit that. So be encouraged. Let's go to battle against our sin. Let's go to battle and strategize against our anger. The LTLR acronym that I told you that you probably won't use because nobody likes acronyms except military guys, I guess. I don't know. But the point is, is the T in there starts today. The trust, trusting in God's word. How are you going to trust in a God you don't know? How are you going to know a God if you don't read about him? And you don't let this word get inside of you, not just up here, but here. See, that's how we do it. We, we, we walk through life, and we learn God's word, and we read it. And we, as we walk through life, we go, oh, wait, that scripture pertains to this situation I'm in right now. I'm going to walk in that truth. And as I walk in that truth, I see the promises come to life right before my eyes. That's the gospel played out. And we're meant to live that way by faith. It's an amazing life, living by faith. It's it's. Quitting your job because you think God told you to. Going somewhere else and you don't even have another job yet. And then God providing that job for you. It's not being angry when you lose your whole life savings that everybody involved, not even the person who stole it from you. And you're praying for them because that money means nothing. It's all going to burn up. So that T starts today. We have to be in God's word. And not only in God's word, but prayerfully in his God's word. What's more important, breathing or reading God's word? What's more important, inhaling or exhaling? That's not me, that's Spurgeon. <laughs> See, God has shown us mercy, which should lead us to have mercy for others. See, when we're, when we're tempted to respond in anger, that's when we need to have that trust in God's word. We need to know God's word in our hearts and believe, when it's, it's so good, when you see it played out, like I just rejoiced with this family when, as they were telling me the story. I was literally in tears and I was just clapping. I was like, wow, that's it. Not giving them glory, but giving God glory. It's true. It, if we let God's word take root in our lives, it will, it will have amazing effects. And we get to be a part of it. That's the fun part. I'm the son of a king. And I can walk like that, not in pride, but in thankfulness, because I get to be part of what he's doing. He doesn't need me, but he loves to let me be a part of his mission, of his kingdom building, building the kingdom of Jesus. So when talking with this family, they were telling me that, that they saw events in their lives leading up to this, that God was building him up for it. Slow little trust things, giving things up, 
letting people borrow things, giving things away that they didn't that meant something to them, but they heard God's voice. It, it, it's a process. So God leads us there to that, to that trial. And it's a, it's a trial that builds us up for the next thing. I always quote it, Psalms 144.1. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. I believe that every event in our life is a training event for the next. We're being built up to be mighty warriors of God. Not just to sit here. This is good. I love sitting with you. But we're supposed to do more. There's people out there that need Jesus. There's people out there that are hurting. And we're called to them. So as we close... I'd like to ask some questions. Is there something that God has told you specifically to trust in Him and you haven't responded yet? You know that God's told you to move in this area of your life, but you're just like, I'm not ready yet. I don't know. I can't do that. I don't know what that is. Is there an area of your life that you're not allowing God's Word to take effect? Maybe it's anger. Maybe this is the first time you saw this broken down like this and you're like, wow, that makes sense. I'm going I'm to allow that to take effect in my life. Praise God. That's the purpose of today's message. Do you believe in God's word? Do you believe with every, everything that you have that this is truth? That this is truth. Now do your actions match that belief? Do you have, have you allowed unresolved, I'm seeing a lot of yous here. I feel like I'm pointing my finger. Please don't hear me discouraging you pointing it right back at myself, okay? But have you allowed unresolved anger to develop into bitterness in your life? We are going to take communion today. And although communion is not about, not just about doing like a self-reflection, I know we, we do that a lot. It's a good thing to do, but communion is more about celebrating because the king is coming back. We're drinking. He, he tells us to do it often because he's coming back. But at the same time, there's many places in the Bible that before you go before the Lord, you need to take care of business. And so I'm wondering today if there might be somebody in here that's, that's this is just, man, you, 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 you pegged me, Josh. You've got my number today, and you're convicted of some bitterness or anger. Maybe it's for somebody in this room. Maybe it's for somebody in another state. I don't know. But let me encourage you, deal with that today. Don't, don't carry that around anymore. It doesn't belong to you. You're a son or a daughter of a king. And you're meant to produce righteousness, a wake of righteousness as you walk through this, this life. Not bitterness and anger. And it's hard to see people, really see people, when you see like a, you have a bitter, bitter lens that you look through. You can't really see them clearly because all you can think about is that time that they did X, Y, and Z to you. And they don't even know about it. Now this is, as we pray, I'm actually going to give an opportunity. I'm going to have a moment of silence. And you, you can get up and, and, and go and address a person in here. Or you can just sit right where you are and, and bring that before the Lord. So we're going to pray. And we're going to do that. Um, but I want to encourage you, please, if, if you get up and, and you move across. I'll continue to, with, with what we're doing today. Um, don't worry about it. We'll just continue on. But I, I encourage you to do that, okay? Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. 
Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.